As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. All right. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Built to Last show. And I have an absolutely brilliant businesswoman on the show today, Vanessa Shaw. Vanessa is not only a colleague, she's become a really dear friend over the years. So I cannot wait for you to meet her and hear about her 16-year entrepreneurial journey. Let me tell you a little bit about Vanessa before we dive in. Vanessa Shaw is a highly accredited and internationally recognized business success coach. So whether you are seeking more income, making a bigger impact, or enjoying greater freedom, Vanessa and her dedicated team of professionals at the Business and Growth Academy can help turn your entrepreneurial dreams into a reality. So Vanessa, Welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you. And I would love for you to take a moment to tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you for having me, Megan. I'm I just I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today because I know that we're going to get into some juicy stuff and keep it real and raw and going to be a highly valuable conversation. Totally, totally. So one of my I, I'm really fascinated by especially women who started their business after they already had children right? You know, when I got started in this business, I've, I've had my business for 10 years. One of the um, images I had of women building businesses, especially in the online coaching space or influencers was a lot of women who were in their twenties, not married, didn't have kids. And I was literally like, how do these people do it? Like, how are they getting to seven figures in like 18 months or two years? Because it, it's kind of a different ball game when you are juggling and navigating a marriage and keeping that going strong and small children. I know you started your business like what, 15 or 16 years ago, you had two young kids. Can you talk a little bit about what the early days were like um, yes. when you had those little kids and you were starting businesses? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's actually really important to know as well, like prior to starting my business, I was a stay at home mom. So I'm stay-at-home mom turned entrepreneur and stay-at-home mom for about nine years, eight, nine years. Actually, mm -hmm. yeah, it was nine years because I'm thinking about my eldest. And I always knew that I was going to go back to do something. But at that point, Megan, I was unemployable, right? My husband had a global career with the United Nations. You know, I was very much running the family and the kids and actually doing a really great job. Really great job. I, I proud, you know, I was very proud of how I led that, and I had had a couple of little forays that you possibly don't even know um, into kind of like my little my own thing. So I trained as an aerobics instructor back in the day. Wow! Back in the day, if you know those leotards and you know that they kind of went up your butt and everything. Oh yeah. They were like <laughs> 
and the leg warmers. I had all of those. I was super fit and I, I got into this and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to be a fitness instructor. Loved it. Started to get some kind of pocket money. Um, and of course I was super fit, which was a bonus. Then I started up a catering service in Geneva, Switzerland. Wow. I love food. I'm a, I'm a good cook. And again, there was this, you know, op- opportunity with the market there with the international crowd that, you know, I could cater, you know, 40th birthday parties and 50s and all the rest of it and things. And it took off massively. Um, and I realized, though, in that taking off, I barely had to advertise because because I'd turn up and do one event and then people were like, oh, my gosh, is this you? Have you got a card? Can I, you know, I, I need something. It took off rapidly. And I realized, though, with having a young family, which coming back to the question, like, this isn't going to work for me because most catering was needed on the weekends it was evenings and weekends which was family time so the next iteration of me starting was my coaching practice back then as a life coach I was doing health coaching with a lot of women self-esteem self-worth and helping them to feel really good in their bodies and internally and in the early days it was it was a lifestyle business I wasn't growing an empire I was wanting to grow something that fitted around family and my husband's travel. I, you know, wasn't going to be working weekends. I wouldn't have been traveling. And back then my aspirations were, you're going to laugh. Uh, My financial goals were if I could make myself like $500 a month for myself, (laughs) but listen to this, right? $500 a month. I would be able to buy myself really fancy handbags. Oh my. Isn't that now you I mean, make like $500 in five minutes? Oh my gosh. I know. It's just like, <laughs> but that was, you know, that was where I was at at the time. And that felt good. And of course, like, you know, I rapidly surpassed that. So in the very early days, there was a lot of juggling. You know, I had young kids, you know, my daughter was about three. So she was preschool. She was probably doing a few little hours at nursery. My eldest was eight. I was doing the school runs. Um, in Switzerland, they don't go to school for very long either. So, you know, it's a, it's a very small window. And then a husband that had a big global career and I was figuring it out and I was fitting in and, you know, the kids would go to bed at night and I was studying. I was learning about being a coach and, and thinking about, you know, who were the clients and what were the tools that they needed. So that was kind of the early days. And I'm sorry, you know what? This is amazing that this always happens. There's something around me doing podcasts that I get a spam call every single time. Um, it just happens. Hey, real time. life. It's what it's, it's like. It's real when you life. I know. I, I, and unfortunately, they change the number. So I just can't block them every single time. Um, but what happened there was I, because of that very first business, I got an opportunity through a client's husband actually I was working with a woman um I'd happened to go to her house we were having kind of a one-on-one coaching session and her husband overheard me and everything that I was talking about was like oh my gosh do you ever work with guys I need some help um would you be interested in having a conversation and he just wanted to work on himself he was stressed out he knew that he was not in the best shape And he said, you know, would you be up for like some walk and talk sessions? Because back then, that's how I did a lot of my coaching sessions. Mm. I was actually a qualified Nordic walking instructor. Um, It's very dynamic. It's basically walking with poles. um, It started in Finland for the cross-country skiers when it's in the off season so that they could stay fit. And it became very popular in Switzerland. 
So I got trained up and kind of added that into this weight loss, you know, and self-esteem package that I have with my clients. He was like, could you do some of that with me? Fast forward a couple of months and he's downloading, you know, all his stresses and just wants me to ask him questions and help him process as we're like hiking up, you know, mountains in Switzerland. And he said, would you be up for coming in and doing a presentation in my firm? Because I've got a lot of partners that are worth an awful lot of money. They're burning out, they're stressed, and they frankly need somebody like you in their corner. Mm -hmm. So I went rapidly from this, you know, kind of little lifestyle business of I'm you know figuring it all out between the cracks of family to I've got an opportunity on my hands here to get into corporate and to do something much bigger than I'd ever seen I was terrified by the way I mean I'd never given a PowerPoint presentation in my life I had to fly from you know Switzerland to London to do this to now present to a room full of 55 very stuffy suits and we're talking 90% men. Mm. Most of them seem to be six foot seven for some reason. They were like really tall and very kind of intimidating. And um, again, I knew I had that opportunity. And through that, I pitched an idea of a peak performance coaching program, which was probably the first ever inside a law firm. Mm. And I not only that, I actually I pitched it virtually. So it wasn't going to be delivered in person because I was then going to have coverage of about 10 regional offices over Europe. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to be traveling around. You know, I've got my kids and family and everything. So pitched a virtual coaching program, which really was the first ever in a European law mm. firm and landed myself a six figure deal. It ended wow. up being a six figure retainer to work with these partners. Amazing. So you can imagine right from there, I mean, that was a lot of change. It's like all of a sudden, um, this was kind of like hobby on the side to, oh, time to get serious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really time mm -hmm. to get serious. I've got clients, I'm being paid good money. They're very high level, they're professionals, they're top of their game in business. You know, they're really looking to me to, mm -hmm. you know, to step up to, well, not expecting me to step up, you know, they're, they're seeing me as that person for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was that opportunity to go, okay, it is time to step up. And I invested in myself back then to become, you know, like an advanced level executive coach so that I could really meet that challenge mm -hmm. and build that business from then on. Okay. So how do you uh, kind of integrate and do the dance between knowing exactly what type of lifestyle you desire to live and building a business model that really fits into that life while simultaneously taking your business to the next level, taking your business really seriously and focusing and getting done what needs to get done. Because you are, you are a very serious business woman. You're a very serious business owner. Your clients come to you and you take them to completely new levels at the same time. And we can like fast forward. I know that you play a lot of tennis, you travel, you have a personal life. So talk to us about like integrating those two worlds, being a serious businesswoman, taking your business seriously, setting really elevated goals for yourself, mm -hmm. yet also honoring the way you want to live your life, your lifestyle and structuring your business model so that you, you, it does fit into your life. Yep. Yeah. I love that question. And I have been doing this now for years and years and years. And I, 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 
I have what I would call an integrated lifestyle, right? It's highly integrated, which means, you know, like business and life, it really all flows together. Mm-hmm. It's not an either or. So my business is in and the way I, I look at my business, which I think most people don't, is my business is the vehicle through which I get to create the life I want to be living. Mm-hmm. Most people are looking at, I'm going to grow the business and then, right, someday I'll be living the life I want to be living. And I've always been a, no, that needs to start happening now. It's the end and it's not further down the road. Now, of course, that's going to grow over time, right? I mean, it's like, it's not, you know, we don't have the revenues. There's certain things that aren't going to happen. We've got to get the revenues up. We've got to create, you know, basically the problem always in business is we've got to create more revenue and more time. Mm-hmm. We're always dancing between those. Mm-hmm. So for me, where I start is a holistic vision of what is it that I'm really wanting to create for my, for my life, right? Mm-hmm. What do I want my life to look like? What are the things that bring me joy, that energize me? You know, where do I want to be spending my time? And as you say, I'm typically on the tennis court about five times a week, you know, minimum, because it's one of my places to work out. It's also social with girlfriends that kind of ticks boxes and it energizes me for the day ahead. Um, then I, I'll look at setting goals. Like before even, the, you know, looking at the business side, I'm looking at, well, how do I want to be spending my free time? So as you say, travel, we haven't done that much of it right in the last year or so because of COVID, but we did a lot before. I'm mapping out where I want to be traveling. Like if we're going for six weeks in the summer, it might be Asia, Australia. You know, we were doing a lot of kind of Asia, Australia for a while. Obviously, I'm European. We go back to Europe as well. I That's blocked on my calendar. That's not a... I'll see if I can make that happen. That's the commitment up front. It's like, it is happening. Mm-hmm. And now I start to like back in my business into those goals, right? So it's like, well, if I'm going to be having, you know, six weeks traveling, what does my business need to look like? Am I going to be completely off during that time? Am I going to be less available? Do I need to, you know, who do I need, right? Mm-hmm. On the team, that's going to, you know, take over in my absence, who's going to keep it all kind of flowing in the background. So for me, I'm constantly reverse engineering those things, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, setting those new goals every year. Now I'm looking at, again, on the finance side, right? It's like, what do I need for my financial future? I don't think many business owners, particularly women, aren't asking that question Mm -hmm. you know they're not even asking themselves what do I need to pay myself what do I want to pay myself today and not even really asking that they're looking at what's left over and I might take that Mm -hmm. if I can and I'm like no what's the salary I want to be paying myself Mm -hmm. right what do I want to be paying myself what do I want my financial future to look like right what do I want my savings my investments you know my financial security Mm -hmm. and the business has to provide for that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm actually going to be going through an exercise myself. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a spreadsheet geek. I'm actually more of a grab my iPhone, very simple calculator, probably pen and piece of paper, Mm -hmm. but I'm just about to go through an exercise whereby I'm going to look at what would it, you know, what will it take to actually double my salary? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is you have long-term vision and you are taking action that's going to get you there. And also the way that you're structuring your life and the way you're structuring your company 
your business model, your financial plan. I know you have a team. We can get into a little bit of that. The word that's coming up for me is sustainable, sustainability. You're really mm -hmm. focused on creating a life and a business that is sustainable long-term. You work with businesses all the time, Vanessa. When it comes to the importance of structuring a business and a life that is sustainable over the long-term, how much do you see that coming up like in conversation with your own clients? Oh, all the time, right? Again, I, and I, again, I love this question all the time because often they've built the, you know, they've backed themselves into a corner. It's not sustainable. And by the way, that's normal as well. It's like, I don't want anybody thinking that they've done something wrong, right? It's like, oh, most of us, let's face it, most all of us, right? Yeah. We've not gone to business school. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, not to insult anybody that's got MBAs here that's going to be listening, but, you know, we have a lot of people that are MBA trained that, you know, come into our programs because they're like, I didn't learn this at business school and make, yeah. Cause a lot of that stuff is more theoretical right. and we, we want to be more practical. Right. And it's not that those two things don't go together. So oftentimes in the early days, let's face it, you're, you know, we're the owner founder and we're also the operator. We're doing everything, mm -hmm. right. That's not a sustainable, scalable model. Solopreneur can get us to six figures. It can get us even, you know, beyond six figures. We might get to, you know, we may get to a quarter of a million ish, mm -hmm. right, on our own. But again, we're doing everything, and we've we've we're sacrificing freedom mm -hmm. because, again, as the solopreneur, that's not going to happen. So that's the time when I'm looking at what's the business. How does the business model need to change to support the life that you really want to be living, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And as you just said. Yes, that's going to be team. If we want freedom, we need people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. we need to stop confusing flexibility with freedom. Yes. Many people think flexibility, well, I can choose kind of the clients I work with. I get to choose my calendar. I get to choose when I work with them. Yes, that's flexibility. And that's great. It's not freedom. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that then comes into, yes, looking at team. What do we really want that to look like to, mm -hmm. to support us in that next level mm -hmm. of growth? Yeah. Um, and for me, the sustainable part also starts to look, I mean, there's so many layers to that, but it's like, we've got to put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And again, I think really important, you know, conversation for women. We typically have been trained to put ourselves last. So it's all the family stuff. It's the kids, you know, it's like whatever is left over will take. Mm -hmm. That's not a model of sustainability because it just leads to us being resentful right, and burning out. And, you know, we're, we're depleted on energy. Yeah. So for me, one of the things I did very early on was, no, I'm, I, I truly understand that that model needs to be reversed and it's me first. Yes. And I'm going to get beyond thinking that that's selfish because many of us have been trained to think that it is. It's completely a mistake. I think it's a, um, a, a control mechanism, frankly, to keep us playing small. Mm -hmm. You know, serve everybody else first. And then whatever you've got left over, then see that what contribution you can make. Well, that's really not going to go that far. Exactly. So I figured out very early on that I actually needed to prioritize myself first. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, myself, physical health, that mental well-being, you know, those things that were important to me and the, the things that would energize me so that I could then do all of those other things that I wanted. It's like yeah. I more energy for it. Yeah. So you mentioned team. Um, you know, I see 
when people get to a certain point and you kind of were alluding to like, yeah, you're a solopreneur, you can probably get to, I mean, if you're a real hustler and go-getter, you can get to 250K, maybe even a teeny bit more if you've got really great marketing and sales skills. But at some point, you're going to max out your time, right? So if you've done all that selling, well, now you're in delivery mode and you've got to do all the delivering, which means you don't have the time or the bandwidth to go out and do keep up with the marketing, keep up with the sales. So enter team. If you want to get beyond a certain point, you have to hire a team. We all get to this like crossroads where it's like, I'm making like pretty much like very high profit because it's just me and there's not a ton of expenses. So that money's coming in. And then I'm sure you even see this with your clients. There's this point where people recognize I've got to have more people, which means more money. I'm going to have to yes. pay those people. People are expensive. And there's this like kind of block in people's minds about like, but I don't, I don't want to let go of all that money. I don't want to train people. I don't want to spend time to do all this. And it's like, okay, well then you've kind of grown as, as far as you can go. How did you work through that yourself? You're not shy about bringing on team and, nope. and, and enlisting a team to help you grow. Can you talk about how, you know, whether that was like a mindset thing or an action thing, how did you move through that phase of your business where you went from solopreneur to thriving team? Yeah, it's interesting. So I think about my very first team member, you know, a hired an assistant. I mean, I, I was already building team back in Europe in that first iteration. Now it looked very different to today, right? It was a VA, somebody that was scheduling and, you know, doing some of those, again, simple, repetitive tasks that were not the best use of my time. Um, I think I've just got a switch in me, Megan, right? That is a real gift that I have a big radar for stuff I just simply don't want to do. Mm. I think it's just an innate gift. And, you know, I could call myself lazy if you like. I mean, whatever we want to call it, right? Lazy or smart. But there's things I'm like, screw that. I just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I remember, and this is, I haven't, I just, it's taken me back to a childhood memory. And I haven't shared this ever on a podcast, but I actually think I remember the day that this started in me. And I was probably, uh, I don't know, nine, something like that. And we were four kids. And of course, like you've all got chores around the house, right? And different things. And at that time, I think one of my chores was washing up. Now, washing up the dishes with a family of six is a lot of dishes. And um, I absolutely hated it. I hated the feel of dirty water on my hands and it would like make my hands scratch and it just gross, it absolutely grossed me out. And I remember, you know, like whining as a nine-year-old would do, right? And a redhead, so I was probably a little bit feisty as well. And just, I said to my mom, when I grow up, I'm having a dishwasher. I am, I am not doing this. When I grow up, I am having a dishwasher. Now, at the time she looked at me, I mean, we did not have a lot of money growing up. You know, I mean, having a tumble dryer was a luxury where I remember getting that when we were growing up. So dishwasher was completely off the table. And she just looked at me and she said, well, darling, if that's what you really want when you're growing up, you know, when you're grown up, that's what you, you know, you'll have to work to get it. In the meantime, you've got to wash the dishes and just get on with it. Mm -hmm. I think that that was a turning point. Mm -hmm. For me, because I was like, I really hate doing this. There is another way, you know, a machine is automation as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my very, very, very first apartments in Switzerland had a dishwasher and I was probably 22, 23. <laughs> I was like, 
done it. <laughs> and I've had one ever since. That for me is my switch, right? It's like, why do things I hate doing? Like, and I'm not good at, like, I'm no good at scheduling appointments on my calendar. I guaranteed I'm always going to mess them up. I find it really draining. Mm. So that switch for me was always around, I simply don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I would far mm-hmm. rather somebody else do it, you know, that they'll do it better mm-hmm. than me. And then really understanding that my time is better used in building the business. You know, my I love having sales conversations, right? I still lead all of those in the business right now. Um, I love speaking to prospects. I love heading that up. Nobody can do that in the way that I do that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'm like, what else have I, what have I got on my plate that I don't want to do? I may have liked doing it in, even in the past, but I no longer want to. How do I get it off my plate? And I'm always looking at who can help me, mm-hmm. not how can I do more of this myself? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, you've got a pretty strong little team over there. Yep. How do you, you know, how do you treat your team? How do you, how have you like really created a strong team and company culture so that your team is just as invested in your big vision, just as invested in the impact you want to make, just as invested in your clients as you are, you know, it becomes like their clients as well. How have you really established that culture? How do you treat your people so that they are just an outstanding, like a plus team? Yeah. With some trial and error again, right? This was not, I mean, again, I hadn't had a business background. I hadn't led teams before, you know, again, I was a mom, my team was my kids, right? And my husband and a dog, perhaps if you want to, you know, so again, I want to say these are new skill sets. I had to, you know, learn that, you know, sometimes the hard way, but for me, there's a couple of really key pieces as a business owner. We really need to understand, you know, what is that vision for the business and, and why do we exist? Like really, what is the story of why we exist? And my story of why we exist was a, you know, making messes in the past, actually nearly going bankrupt at one point with the business in in Europe and, you know, not looking at the numbers, not looking at the financials. And that was my big wake up call. And then realizing through that, that actually a lot of other women really struggle with that financial health and the money side of their business. So, you know, that's why we're on this mission now in the Business Growth Academy to like really build financial security for women through their businesses, Mm -hmm. way beyond financial empowerment. You know, that financial empowerment is rara as far as I'm concerned. I like, I want real dollars in real bank accounts here. Yeah. Yeah. Money you can spend, money you can invest. So got to get really clear on, you know, why do you exist and what is it that you are, you know, really going to bat for and who are you going to bat for, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's, you know, a women, women service-based business owners, typically already over a hundred thousand. They've got a proven concept. They're ambitious. They want to scale it multi six and seven figures. Mm-hmm. So Knowing that is now really helpful in attracting the right people to the team for a start, right? Because they've got to buy into that. And if they're not as excited about that as I am, we're not a fit. Mm-hmm. If they're seeing this as a job and not a calling, we're not a fit. So hopefully in our recruitment process, you know, we are weeding all of those things out and really making sure that they're, you know, committed to actually join the team. Now, in terms of team culture, for me, again, it's really, really important and non-negotiable that what we're doing on the outside, we're doing on the inside. 
Um, there are a lot of people running businesses out there that, you know, it's the rah-rah on the outside and their teams are a complete mess. There's an awful lot of stress internally. There's an awful lot of turnover. People are miserable. I never, ever, ever wanted that. I always wanted it. No, what we show on the outside is what you'll see on the inside. There are no surprises. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's that's a non-negotiable in the way I treat people. I treat people with kindness, with compassion. We bring fun to the table. Of course, those expectations are set as, you know, as a leader, what I'm expecting of you And the level of performance Mm -hmm. and attitude that I expect and making sure that that is really, really clear. And if it's Mm -hmm. not, it's going back in there and clarifying. Um, And in return, there are opportunities. This is what I'm always saying to anybody, right? We're entrepreneurial. So you want to come on board here. And if you're ambitious, I want to know what your goals are. Mm -hmm. I I know what some of the main goals of my team are that are really important to them. So my head is always working through, hmm, how can I help them get there? Right? Yeah. Yeah. How can I help them? These, and by the way, these can be personal goals. I mean, a simple thing, Megan, um, as you know, I'm doing 75 hard again right now, Mm -hmm. like really, you know, really get to my, my, my own physical goals. Um, I got to jump in there with you on that 75 hard thing. You got to, you got to get me on board. I know, got to get you on board. It's like yesterday I was cursing it because I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It was such, it was a tough day yesterday. I was like, do I really have to still do a second workout? I mean, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'll get it in before 11 o'clock at night. But I announced this to the team and, um, you know, everybody on the team announced that I'd like to lose a few pounds. I want to get stronger. I want to do this. And so we've created a Slack channel for the whole team. Nobody was forced to. It's like, you know, there were seven of us in that channel. I was like, listen, if you want to, let's do this for team. You know, we'd have team support, accountability. You know, I haven't quite thought up what the rewards are going to be, but I'm going to throw some little, you know, some fun stuff in there for accomplishments because I love to reward that. But again, that's another example where they're seeing, oh my gosh, like these are really thing, important things for me personally. And yet I can bring it to the table and it's, it's such an okay conversation. In, yeah. in fact, it's, you know, again, it's like, please bring those conversations to the table. We want you bringing those conversations. So I'm always looking at, you know, team, how can I develop them? If they're, you know, if and when they're really stepping up and they're exceeding expectations, my head is already into what am I seeing as the next steps for them? Where do I really see their potential? Mm-hmm. And then sitting down with them and having that conversation to say, listen, this is what I'm seeing for you. What do you want? Yeah. You know, well, and, and I imagine it. treating your team in that way is also going to not only serve the bottom line of your business, but it's also going to help you better serve your own clients. And I know that one of the things your company did last year which, okay, the time of the recording is 2021. So 2020, it was the pandemic. You guys worked with how many business owners? I think you were sharing with me like over 50 business owners. Yes. You helped them collectively, what, increase their so, bottom line by like $8 million? That, that's can, like a, that's a, you got to have your team on board for, to help your clients do that. 59 businesses. We're now at 18 months. We launched launched in the pandemic, brand new program. So 59 businesses have gone through that 100 day business accelerator. And we are close to having generated 9.4 million in that 100 day period that where they participated. Wow. Yeah. 
That's a big deal. I'm, I have to say, I'm massively proud of it. Um, and to your point, you got to have a team because it's not, of course, I'm the creator, right? Of course I am. I, you know, I, I created this and kind of put it out there. The magic is in having the team on board and the team is so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Right? The team right now knows like the next, I get goosebumps, right? Our next cohort, we're probably going to be going over 10 million. Wow. Women owned businesses, right? Everybody's excited about that because they can see the impact that we're making with other business owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally aligned with your mission too. Totally aligned. That's why I'm like, we're not, we're not talking about building websites, people. We're not talking about tweaking things over here. No, like simple stuff that's going to actually bring money into your bank accounts and increase that bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you are so much like me. We like to win. We're always in it to win it. We want to be at the top of our game. We want to be at the top of our fields and our industries. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably resonate with that. Vanessa, here's my last question. If you were going to share just maybe like two or three, um, it doesn't have to be the top two or three, but two or three characteristics or traits that um, any woman entrepreneur like absolutely must possess and um, like work on building that muscle and, and mastering, what would two or three of those characteristics be in your, mm. in your mind oh, to be successful? That's, that's such a great trait. Uh, qu- great question. They've got to want more for themselves, right? They've really got to want more for themselves. This is about tapping into desire, right? That little burning fire, that little, you know, whatever it is, that voice, that voice for more, right? You want more for yourself. You want more growth. You want more ease. You want more fun. You want more freedom. You want a, you want a bigger, better, bolder future. And it, you don't have to know what that looks like perfectly. That's the good news. Um, you, but you do have to own it. Uh, you know, it's, it's ambition, Megan, at the end of the day, right? It's like you're ambitious. And I think ambition gets such a bad rap amongst women, um, especially even other women, right, will criticize ambitious women. By the way, guys, we totally expect them to be ambitious, right? And we that we even, you know, we reward them for it. But I think that's a place we've really got to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another trait as well is vulnerability. Mm. You know, um, the, I know you and I both love to be in it to win it. And we're, we're buddies. We know other things that are, you know, happening about one another personally, right? It's not all perfect. Nobody listening to this should ever think, oh my gosh, they've just got it. It's all perfect. It isn't, right? There's going to be challenges. There's going to be a lot of challenges. Entrepreneurship is not the easiest path. But if you want easy and you want, you know, a predictable income that's probably not going to grow much over time, like go get a job, right? Um, The trade-off with entrepreneurship is the world is your oyster and it's not going to be easy and there are going to be challenges. And I think that vulnerability means that, you know, you can keep things real, you can get help, you can, you know, again, tell the real story of what's going on. And when people are vulnerable, it builds connection and people will want to rally and actually help you. So even coming back to team, you know, they know when things are, you know, if I've got something tough going on for me, I let them know. They don't have to know all the juicy details of something, but I am going to keep it real. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just I mean, there's there's kind of so many traits that you know come together. The other piece I think is the muscle to build, which is on a scale. I don't think we're ever one hundred percent there. A lot of people talk about it is integrity, mm. and integrity for me is kind of on a sliding scale. We we all go into integrity breaches. You know, some people say, "Oh my gosh, you know, integrity. I live by my integrity." It's like, no, actually, you don't, right? You know, because we will all give up things. You know, we will all go for sometimes the easier thing instead of the hardest thing. And integrity is about you know living in alignment a with our core values and really making sure our actions are aligned with that and you know aligning ourselves with that bigger version of ourselves mm-hmm. i think the more that we can start to really bridge that gap between you know who we are and who we want to be and show up more frequently really in integrity with what we've said we're going to create what we've said we're going to do it it just we feel good about it because we all know when we've had a you know an integrity breach and again it builds so much trust around us in terms of team and people can count on us, right? They know we're reliable and trustworthy. I love it. Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vanessa. How can people learn more about you? Where can they find you? And thank you. I've just really loved this conversation. It's, it's always amazing, right? Different things, different things always come out. I just, yeah. I love kind of digging back in. We could keep um, going. I mean, we could keep going, but you know. We could. We'll do it another time. There's always more. There's always more. Uh, Businessgrowthacademy.com. Doesn't have a the in front of it. Just businessgrowthacademy.com. You can find me online as well. uh, You know, on Facebook, all of the channels there. But my free book, The Million Dollar Question, people can actually download at businessgrowthacademy.com. And answering that question, The Million Dollar Question, honestly, and working through some of the exercises in that book will already be a game changer for their businesses. Amazing. And you can find that in the show notes. Just go click that link and go download Vanessa's book, The Million Dollar Question. Thank you so much, Vanessa. This was such an enriching conversation. I know that people were probably taking notes as long as they were not driving so many golden nuggets. Thank you for sharing just a little snippet of your 16 years of entrepreneurial experience with us today. Thank you. Big hugs to you, my friend. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.